<laughs> Jamie, tell me something cool. You want to know something cool? All right, yeah. well, Matt, I mean, it's, it's pretty deep. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Since the dawn of time, people have looked up at the stars and they've thought, this really hurts my neck. The Interplanetary Podcast. The exploration of space for the benefit of all mankind. Your hosts here in London, Matthew Russell and Jamie Franklin. Matt, what's the podcast today? What number are we on? We are on podcast 43. Shut the front door. Hey, Matt. Yeah. The Interplanetary Podcast. Putting the ace back, back into, into space. space. I didn't know Ace had been into space before. Matt, what's been going on in the world of space? Tell me. I'll tell you what's been going on. I'll tell you the, the, one, the one story that lit that lit up my um uh life. Lit up lit up my <laughs> life. Yeah. <laughs> no, lit up, you know, the, the news feeds. Yeah. Uh, Chinese scientists have teleported something into space. Get out of town. Uh, yeah, so the Proper BBC beam reported me up, it. Scotty. Yeah, beam me up, Scotty. It says Chinese researchers have teleported a photon from the Gobi Desert to a satellite orbiting 500 kilometres above the Earth. Wow. And the actual reality is, no, they haven't teleported a photon. Yeah, define what they mean by teleport. Well, I think there's a bit of confusion here. So Einstein used to call this strange property of quantum physics of entanglement, mm. where two particles that have been entangled, two photons that have been entangled, no matter where they are in the universe, will keep a track of what the other one is doing. And Einstein used to hate this because he used to call it spooky action at a distance, i.e. they're communicating with each other faster than the speed of light. Right. And he was saying it's spooky action at a distance. Now, I think scientists refer to this really nowadays as quantum teleportation. Uh, so teleportation. So, and I think that's where this confusion lies, that something was teleported up to this satellite. Yeah, the only it hasn't thing that disappeared was... and flashed up on the satellite. No. You know All I mean? that's happened is information itself has been teleported. So that's... Mm. The, uh, so, and it's information about an entangled... Uh, uh, an entangled photon. In fact... It's, it's the information about how it's polarised. But surely so then thought... you could say that mobile phones are teleporting information. No, because, because it's, it's not instantaneous. So that, you know, when you're on the phone, it's still only happening at the speed of light. In fact, not even at the speed of light down, down telephone cables. If only it was the speed of light, and then there'd be no uh, delay between America well, and I don't the know UK. What phone when you've we, when got, we do. but... <laughs> I haven't got an iPhone like you, Jamie. <laughs> You haven't got the iPhone 15 that teleports no. information. Oh, yeah, no, no. Well, so. maybe by the time we get to the iPhone 15, it might do because of this this network that's been set up by the Chinese. Whoa. So anyway, let me explain what really is happening here. Here we go. Please lay it down for us. Two particles are mm. created at the same time and they become quantumly entangled, right? When a particle really loves another particle... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and these two quantum particles, when you measure them, they're both, basically, they're both up, let's call them up and down uh -huh. uh, particles. 
or left and right. In fact, let's call them left and right. Okay. Because uh, it's to do with the direction that they're polarised in, right? So it's left or right. Let's just call them that. And these they're made at the same time, and they're both left and right at the same time, and this is known as superposition, right? I'm with you. Now, and now, if one of them gets measured and it's left, then the other one instantly becomes right, right? So they're, they're entangled up, and if you measure one, the other one is the other one. The other state. Got so, it. And that doesn't matter how far away they are. That happens instantaneously. So that you could literally be the other end of the universe and it would happen. And that's the strange thing about entangled particles. And, and Einstein, as previously mentioned, absolutely hated this whole idea. And he spent, unfortunately, wasted a lot of the last part of his life trying to prove it wrong. Because it's only recently that we've been able to sort of separate particles far enough so that they couldn't be communicating by the speed of light and us mm. measure it. So uh, this experiment certainly is at the point where, you know, it, there, there is no doubt about it anymore. If, but, but this is actually pre-peer uh, review, by the way, so it may not have happened, but it, it's likely it did. So the Chinese sent up a, uh, a satellite called Mishus, and we did actually cover that on the show. We back, did, I remember it. Uh, yeah, we did, uh, late last summer, and that was on the Long March 2D, and it's named after the Chinese philosopher who died 400 years before Jesus lived. That's right. So Mishus is the highly sensitive photon receiver, right? Yeah. That can detect quantum states of single protons fired from the ground up. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so in actual fact, you can see it's in sun-synchronous orbit as well, this uh, Mishus, so that as it goes every day at midnight, it goes over a certain point of the Earth and the uh, Chinese fire a laser at it. Mm. And uh, this laser is of entangled particles and you can see it going up. And as this laser hits Mishus... It's uh, it, it it detects the quantum states of those photon, photons hitting it. Now, Interesting. So so this is how this, uh, and basically it's all about encryption. So hmm. it's uh, they're using this quantum entanglement as the key to encrypt information. So if if you've got the key for information that's encrypted, then you can unlock that encryption and find out what the message said. Right. So. So you have to this is a really simplified version of this by the way and it's based on an article I read by Ryan F Mandelbaum mm-hmm. uh, on Gizmodo. Gizmodo actually is a bit of an overlooked site of mine actually I, I quite like it and uh, he wrote an, an article and this is a, a kind of a version of it. So basically you entangle a pair of particles yeah. A left one and a right one. They're actually continually in superposition of the two. So they're like they're these buzzing entangled comp- uh, particles that mm. are neither left nor right, but whatever one is, the other one isn't. Uh, uh, and then on the ground, you keep one of those photons in its quantum state, and on the satellite, you have its partner. So you keep beaming up the partner up to the satellite. And then you can send secret messages like this. So you get two already collapsed photons, and by collapsed I mean you've already measured them, so you found out one whether they're left or right. Yeah. And then you randomly assign one of those to the ground, and that is now your secret that you want to tell the satellite up, up in the air. So when on the ground you measure the quantum photon that you've kept, and that turns out to be, say, left 
The ground then looks at the randomly chosen secret photon, and if it's the same, if it's a left one, he will say, the same, and that will go up to the satellite. Now, on the satellite, they measure their quantum photon, and if it's collapsed to the right, then they know the photon on the ground is left. So now they also know that the collapsed secret photon on the ground is also left. So they've got this quantum key that allows them to know what the secret photon is. And like the brilliance of this is no one can can look at this piece of information because if they try and intercept the information, then you know that someone's intercepted it and, and, and the information becomes useless. So it's, it, it's the ultimate encryption. And in fact, there are scientific proofs that's, that say basically it's, it's unbreakable. You just can't break it. So it's it's a massive if this is true it's a huge step forward in encryption unfortunately the way that the press have covered it is a little bit depressing because of course it makes people think that that the objects are being teleported up to, up into space and it's just not true it's not about that it's about encryption I, and and the way that the internet works I haven't been this confused Matt since I saw an old lady 2 years ago pushing a dog in a pram with a little bonnet on it. <laughs> so, so congratulations, because I was that, really confused that day. Uh, yes. But you've managed to top it. But you know what? I'll, what I like about this podcast, Matt, is not only am I in it, mm. but it means I get to listen back to it, and then I can yeah. try and understand oh, what it is that exactly. you say every L- week. Listen, listen to that one again, and I'm it should, I'm makes, gonna... should make sense. Listener, if you, like me, would like to listen again... Just, just hit press that, rewind. Just hit that skip back fifteen seconds button a few times, and and let's just Jobs are let's good. just see if we can just you know get that to sink in. But thanks, man. Oh, yeah, no. It, I, I, what I really love about this is is some of the numbers. So that so the Chinese were creating entangled pairs of photons on the ground at uh, at a rate of four thousand a second, Crumbs. and then beaming and beaming these up to the satellite via laser. So over thirty two days, they sent millions of photons and found positive results in 911 <laughs> now is that is that some kind of signal yeah what, um, 911 what, what, what i mean yeah 911 oh yeah 911 someone's yeah, trying to weird. someone's trying to get help at me uh, the other cool thing of course is that the ground station is in tibet at an altitude of 4000 meters and this is so that the these quantum entangled uh, photons don't have their quantum entanglement mucked up by the atmosphere. So it's almost, they're shooting through virtually no atmosphere, and that's why this satellite's in sun-synchronous orbit. So it, it, it can come over that same spot every day, and they can blast it with uh, with things. Cooler. Sweet relief. That is very cool. Very, very but cool you know, indeed. But, but, but then, r- literally, I was reading Twitter, and Jim Al-Khalili had retweeted the th- this uh, a paper where yeah. the Japanese have managed to do the same thing with really? microsatellites. So, yeah, just, as, just after that, the Japanese have managed to do quantum key distribution, QKD, using microsatellites. So that's really interesting. I haven't had time to look into that one, but it looks like this area of space encryption is really hotting up. That really is hotting up. And, and I think that, obviously, the more time they spend on stuff like this, then the easier it's going to get for everybody, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Jamie. Yeah? There's two two birthdays this week of, of two of our favourite space missions. Uh, I'd like the first, please. 
Its curiosity has been on Mars for five years since five yesterday. Years. Five years. Can you believe that's that? has gone quick. That, yeah, that whatever it was, 15 minutes of terror or 20 seconds of terror or whatever. I can't remember what it was now. Oh, that's, that's been five, that was five years ago. And not <laughs> one image yet of the children's slave labour on Mars. No, not one. <laughs> not one image. <laughs> not one image of children's... We're still waiting. And what was the other one, Jamie? What's the other birthday today? Um, it's the, the flyby. It's New Horizons. New Horizons flyby of Pluto. Yeah. Two years ago. Two years ago. I remember I sitting... I can't believe it. No, I can't believe that. So, and, it's, and it's still working its way through the Kuiper Belt to its next object. How cool is that? Do you know, one of my favourite things is the Kuiper Belt, Matt. It is. My, it's one of my favourite things. The Kuiper Belt sounds cool as well, doesn't it? Yeah. The where, are you off, belt. where are you off to tonight? Oh, I'm just going to head down to the Kuiper Belt. Oh man! Why don't we set up a bar called the Kuiper Belt that I've only sells beer-related beers? Oh yeah. Well, oh, you already man. know that you can buy yeast that's brewed in space, or, yeah. or, or sort of cultivated in space. Yeah, and and there's oh. loads of beers that are named after space stuff. Yeah. Oh man, this is I'll, this I'll is take, genius. I'll take a pint of Buzz. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, do you know who was in the press this week? And this is really exciting. Go on. Our friend, Mr. Bob Richards oh, and Moon yes. Express. What have they been up to? So they've they've um, they've unveiled their secret uh, their their kind of secret mission Here we essentially, go. and 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 kind of laid it all out. So. Uh, Bob Richards has said that they're still just about on track to launch for the pro- uh, for the Google X Prize deadline, yes. which is of course at the end of the year, and, and of course on the New Zealand's um, Electron rocket. Uh-huh. So that should be really exciting if they manage it. But I think that is an outside chance now. Uh, but then he says, even if the company does not win the prize, uh, it would still be profitable future ferrying payloads for national and commercial companies. Yeah, yeah. So, so the first thing that's going to fly is this MX-1 spacecraft. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, and they've released what that's going to look like. And, and amazingly, it re- looks remarkably similar to a Kerbal mission uh-huh, that okay. George and I did, with uh, uh, which we were pretending to be Lunar Mission 1. But uh, it looks really similar to that MX-1. But it actually looks pretty similar to oh, R2-D2 as well. maybe you'll get some royalties. <laughs> well, hopefully. Yeah. And, it's, and it's capable of delivering 30 kilograms to, to the moon. Um. Right. Uh, so th- that should be pretty pretty exciting, and uh, so that's um, so that's called Lunar Scout, I think. Lunar uh, Scout, so that will, okay. And that will be the first commercial vo- voyage to the moon, or the eighth continent, as Bob Richards was referring yes. to it on our podcast. Yes. Uh, uh, and the company's second flight is going to be this one called the Lunar Outpost, which will be MX two, and that's going to uh, go that's the and research. Source, yes. Yes. So that's like an outpost at the South Pole of the moon. Yes. And, and the re- why South Pole? Because there is water there. Exactly. So, and, and also there'll be a direct solar energy communications with the Earth. So that's, that, so that's pretty amazing. Awesome. And so it'll be looking for water and, uh, and getting that data back to uh, NASA and various other... Uh, interested parties, and so that, that, that you know, people will be really interested with the results of that. Uh, and of course, as Bob was saying, water is going to be the oil of the solar system. Exactly, he said it's going to be the gas station of exoplanet trips. If it is, Matt, if it is going to be the gas station or petrol station, as we're mm. from the UK, mm-hmm. 
um, if it's going to be the petrol station of our solar system, do mm. you think that they'll sell stuff like um, barbecue briquettes and, you know, those really, really bad flowers and, and really bad cards and maybe no, some no, beef jerky? Right by the till, they'll have Mars bars, oh, yeah. Milky oh, cool. Way, Milky Way, Galaxy. galaxies. Come on, um, it's too easy. Caramax. Oh no, that's not one. Oh no, that's not uh, the Mil- Milky Bar Kid. Is out in bar- space. Milky Bar Kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting very tenuous now. Yeah, I'll tell yeah, you what, Matt. Still, I love Moon works. Express. That is that was probably sorry to everyone else, but that was probably my favourite interview. It was done. my favourite interview because we absolutely, we absolutely had a, a horror moment, and he and he did it again. Bless him. He did it again. I mean, this is this guy's a busy guy. <laughs> I don't know what he's been he's doing. He's got other stuff to do, but yeah, he we gave haven't... us two chances because we mucked yeah. up the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so Incredible. mission three. Well, I haven't got to mission three. The MX nine. What uh, will be? Yeah, we'll go and collect uh, rocks, and it will be for scientific use. And uh, bringing them back for collectors and commercial purposes as well. Ah, so, this is where you're going to so, get the moon rock engagement rings. Yeah, moon rock engagement rings. That, that's such a cool idea, isn't it? Uh, Matt, <laughs> Matt, if you ever get down on one knee, mm-hmm. I'd like you to have a moon rock ring. Oh, that's beautiful. So, I'll see if I can speak to Bob, get you a discount. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is yeah, okay. If you can if you can sort that for yeah, me. I'll put a good word in. Uh so who's our astronaut of the week? Well, As if I didn't already know. Well, you do already know, but Matt, you're not gonna believe it. Mm-hmm. It's only called Franklin. Oh, that's such a cool but name. But this isn't time it? it's even cooler than my name, which is which is hard to beat. Mm. But he is Chang Diaz. Franklin. Franklin Chang Diaz. And PhD. He's a PhD, but his middle name is Ramon. And, of course, El- Elon Ramon was one of astronauts a fortnight ago. Absolutely so was. That's so that's a, a bit of a connection. We there. know that you, we've got um, the mighty George Russell, your lovely son, uh, giving a breakdown yeah. of, uh, of, of, so here he is. of the second it, it, Franklin on the podcast. Yeah, he, he did it earlier. So this is his little breakdown. Here we go. He flew on the space shuttle. The coolest thing about him, he said, the most space flights out of any person. He shares this record with Jerry L. Ross. He's Chinese and Costa Rican. He spent two months in space and he was one of six children. He's the CEO of Ad Astra Rocket Company and they develop plasma rockets. He became an astronaut in 1980 when he was just 30 years old. His main role on the space shuttle missions was science, so I guess you could call him the Kerbal equivalent of Bob Kerman. And he's in the NASA Astronaut Hall of Fame. Excellent skills, Georgie boy. So I'm going to quickly fill in some of this stuff. So yes, his seven his seven um, shuttle flights were between 1986 and 2002. So. I think we should go through, and you tell me something interesting. I'll start with each shuttle mission. So the first shuttle mission okay. he did in 1986 was STS-61. That is notable because he, he was also sharing his first flight and the first flight of Charles Bolden, who was the recently retired director of NASA. So STS-34 um, was where they were woken up by Bohemian Rhapsody, Matt. <laughs> Your favourite band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woken up by on Queen. On day four. On day four. How cool is that? If you're going to be woken up in space, yeah. 
You want to be woken up by I, Queen, I think that's you? something to do with it. Since the Gemini programme, people have been woken up by songs that are meaningful to the astronauts or people or, or relatives of the astronauts. How cool is that? Do you reckon that they still headbanged at that moment? Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so STS-46... His third flight was the 150th uh-huh. human space flight into orbit. Uh, good day. Oh, cool is that? Sweet. And then we go on to STS-60, mm-hmm. which was the first mission of the US-Russian shuttle Mir program. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? STS-75 cool. was the first use of the Linux operating system in space. And there's some Whoa. there's some other really weird sex conspiracy theory misunderstanding where in a book that something happens on STS seventy five before it had actually flown and some journalist accidentally uh, had looked it up and thought it was the real mission so it started this conspiracy theory but it's just that's worth is looking that, at it's very funny is is that one of Alex Jones's or. Well, I, I, well yeah, I, it's, not, it's a bit earlier than Alex Jones. He Similar, definitely believes I think it. it. I think it was some kind of weird mistake, but it's one of those weird mistakes that's now sort of become a kind of rolling conspiracy. So what happened on STS-91? 91 was the final space shuttle mission to the Mir space station. And Matt, 111? Yeah, was 111 was the last flight of a CNES astronaut, which was the... I can't remember what it stands for, but it was the uh, a French research, space research uh, body that then... Um, mm. who used to So astronauts used to fly up on that, French astronauts, uh, and then they transferred them all over to ESA. Oh, wow. So... Very, yeah. very cool. So uh, he... Uh, yeah, Franklin Chang Diaz got his PhD from MIT... Sound familiar? Okay. <laughs> He's got four daughters. Really does. Uh, and one of them is the first Latina elected senator in Massachusetts and shares a Whoa. name with his sister, Sonia Rosa Chang Diaz. Uh, nice. Yeah. Uh, he got his, he's got his degree in plasma physics in 1977, and he's worked in the field of fusion technology and plasma-based rocket propulsion, which, which you'll see later on is a, big, is a big thing for him. And as George said, he's got the record, seven flights. That's more than 1,601 hours in space and 19 hours and 31 minutes doing spacewalks, building the uh, International Space Station, including the Canadian Mobile Base System, which is part of the Canada Matt, I've just arm. Looked up what I've just looked up what CNES stands for. Yep. Would you like to know? Yes, yes, please. It's the Centre of National Detudes Specialities. Oh, OK. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Sorry to any French people listening. <laughs> so it should be uh, Centre National... Etude speciality. Exactly what I said. Um, (laughs) So I think that's pretty much what I said, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, yeah. And then after he he was the advanced space propulsion, he was director of the advanced space propulsion laboratory at Johnson Space Center Mm. until 2005. And then he left and set up the Ad Astra Rocket Company. Wow, which means to the stars in Latin. Uh, um, uh, which it's uh, and and he makes this thing called the variable specific impulse magne- magnetoplasma rocket, known as Vasimir, and it was something that he dreamt up in 1975, and now it's it's like uh, it, it keeps getting NASA funding, um, 
and you know to to build these working models but the exciting yeah. thing it, it's it's really for deep space work it, it doesn't have enough thrust to get you off the ground but once you're in space it can get up to unbelievable speed so that you can do round trips to mars in 5 months say and things like that and there's a and, and because it's electric of course there's a nuclear version that can go even faster uh, and so, you know, this is it's it's pretty amazing. So, in August two thousand and sixteen, that's the, that's the last uh, mention I could find. Uh, Ad Astra announced the successful completion of the milestones for the first year of its three-year Next Space Technology Next Step contract with NASA. So that uh, so that will allow its first high-power plasma firings of the engines. Hundred beautiful, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, so. Really funnily, Robert Zubrin, who I'm beginning to realise is, is a is a bit of a kind of crazy man of space, but basically yeah. the sort of Mars manned mission uh, nut, um, has basically uh-huh. called it a hoax, which uh, uh, Ad Astra were not uh, impressed by at all. Mm. So and they said, oh, well, no, he, he ob- well, he just they just said, well, he obviously hasn't read it. He just just hasn't read it. <laughs> Yeah. So in 2014, yeah, and I think this is the best bit, he was awarded the Buzz Aldrin Quadrennial Space Award, and who That's and quite an and, award. and who gave and who actually gave who presented him the award? Well, I'd like to think it was Buzz. <laughs> it was indeed Buzz Chang Diaz's childhood hero. How good is that? Do you know what the best moment in my life was, Matt? Oh, go on. yeah, go on. It's similar to that in achievement. Actually, I um, I once bought a Kit Kat. And it was all chocolate all the way through, through all four fingers. <laughs> so that's a, that's a, that's definitely you know, pretty similar. I, I mean, like he, he would, he would probably is ha- that, have had either. Is that, is that an achievement or, or, or a spot of luck? Well, I could, I could, I see both senses of achievement and luck. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with achievement. Oh, that's brilliant! Thanks. So, how amazing is Chang Diaz? One of my heroes. I think that it's got. He's got. We've got to be related. Oh, well, I can't I wait when we meet. When we meet him, and I say, uh, Jamie Franklin, Franklin Chang Diaz. It's going to be quite the moment. It is going to be one of those moments. We yeah. may even do a bit of high fiving, that kind of thing. He is probably going to remember it for the rest of his day. Matt, yes. Do you know what's been happening in the news? Yeah, go on, tell me. Well, did you see the iceberg? shift and it was it's insane it was insane wasn't it and what's the size of it it's it's absolutely huge what i don't know it's like the size of luxembourg is something like that isn't it i know twice the size of luxembourg they always come up with these random (laughs) things don't they it's it's three times the size of uh wales or something happy bastille day by the way but Um, i i don't know i don't even understand how big luxembourg is i don't really know that's the that's what i mean yeah it's a bit weird if you said it's three times the size of a Roland keyboard. I'd know exactly how big that was. And there are other keyboards available. Well, are there though? <laughs> well, there's the there's the, the Kurzweil keyboards, oh, and I like I like yeah. Kurzweil. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but actually, I don't think he's got anything to do with the keyboards anymore. No, anyway, no. anyway, um, we digress. But yeah, what an amazing. So check out. I mean, obviously, it's 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 an amazing thing to see it's it's quite sad as well because obviously it is, it it's, is sad. well it does, does it mean that does it mean yeah, that the, is it's, this it's global the, the antarctic or, is, is global or is warming? this just yeah. something that happens sometimes naturally i'd like yeah. to find out know, more about it 
Chang Diaz was very much into uh, uh, warning people and raising awareness of climate change. Yeah, he was, he appeared him. in Odyssey twenty fifty, the movie. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, this lump of ice floating out. But do you know what it was captured by? It was captured by the European Space Agency's Sentinel One mission, which went up last uh, ah, a couple of years ago on a yeah Europeanized Soyuz at that. Uh, and uh, do you know we, we've actually mentioned the Sentinel One on the show before mm. because there was that incredible picture of it because it's got these little onboard cameras where they can assess if it's been damaged or not. And and it sent back a picture of uh, uh, of one of its solar panels that had been whacked by a particle while it was in orbit. Yeah, and, and 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 there was a picture of that. So, but it, they managed because because they could see it, they were, they were able to uh, alter the the architecture of the spacecraft and and keep it fully functional. So that's pretty cool, isn't it? Absolutely cool, yeah. What else has been happening? Anything? Uh, Oh, a lot of things. We've had uh, Juno doing possibly everyone's favourite manoeuvre over uh, over Jupiter, and that is like diving over the Great Red Spot. How incredible are those images? Oh, there have been some absolutely amazing (laughs) images and some brilliant and bear in mind all the images that have come out so far are essentially by i I don't really want to use the word amateur unless i use it in the original sense of the word amateur meaning to love art tell you what Mm. we are Uh, we're giving some Really good French accents today, aren't we? Yeah, actually, I think it may have been Italian amateur, meaning oh. to love art, or Latin maybe. But it's um, it, it it basically these pe- these amateurs, and mm. I do lose use that in the original sense of the word, have be uh, are the people processing these pictures, and they're absolutely incredible. I think we need to get one. We need to get one blown up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And. Mm. Uh, it, and put it in our and put it in the interplanetary podcast HQ. Oh, fab fab idea. We haven't got one, but but I like to say that Astro prints on glass. Oh, it's a thing. It is a thing. So yeah, so that happened, and also the door has closed on the Webb telescope. So it's now it's oh. now been chucked in its massive cryogenic chamber. Oh. And uh, and will and will now be sort of looked at for the next six months, uh, oh, as if it's in space. God, that door is incredible. The door that they the, to the chamber is just this huge, massive thing. It's I haven't unreal. seen the photo. I need to see it. Yeah, you do go and you really, really do need to go and see it. And I guess really the final news is that just a few moments ago, earlier on today, a, a Soyuz has launched. And uh, and 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 taken up seventy three satellites into orbit. Seventy <laughs> three. So yeah. So that 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 flew from Baknor in, in Kazakhstan, and yeah, it took up one major satellite, and of course, seventy two microsatellites. So seventy three satellites it's taken up into. Big up yourself, Kazakhstan. Or, yeah. I mean, so I know you didn't the... get involved, but but let's just shout out Kazakhstan, shall we? Oh no, Kazakhstan got involved. There would have been people working there and 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 and, and helping out. It's about good. time they got a tip of a cap. <laughs> uh, so th- those those small satellites are actually made by Japan, Germany, and Canada, and sixty two nano satellites known as CubeSats. Uh, developed by the United States. So it's been a mixed one. And the main satellite was this thing called Canopus. 
V-I-K, not to be confused with the drum kit canopus. Uh, and that was, uh, and that's apparently some kind of wide-angle image satellite for taking pictures of forest fires and stuff like oh, that. Oh, really? And maybe to do uh, topography maps. Nice. So that's pretty exciting. Very exciting yeah. indeed. Well, and that, and that was all a success. So that was brilliant. Well, blimey O'Reilly, what a busy week it's been. It has been a busy week. Now, uh, we have an amazing guest next week, and we shall be going to the British Interplanetary Society uh, for that. So, and an announcement on that one soon. What, you can't um, even give us a clue? Nah, I'm not even going to give you a slightest clue. You're such a tease. I know. I know. <laughs> right, well, um, I am such a cheer. Matt, can I ask you something? Mm hmm. If, um, like I am, a, I'm a big fan of the Interplanetary Podcast, if I want mm-hmm. to subscribe, how do I do it? Well, you would probably, uh, your best bet would be to wander over to www.interplanetary.org.uk and there are links, buttons at the bottom of the page to take you to the various podcasting uh, outlets. Yeah. But I suggest that the best bet is to do it on iTunes, where you should subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Yeah, that's the thing, you know. I don't just want to subscribe. I really want to leave a lovely five-star comment and review absolutely because i understand that this this helps jamie and matt considerably yes i it really does and and these chaps are sitting do you think people have pressed stop yet (laughs) (laughs) come on guys just just do it for me oh and and what is exciting this is podcast 43 so we're only seven weeks away from the big five oh the big five zero, and I think that we will be doing a live show. So more announcements on that. Hell as we yeah, get we near will. the date. So if you want to take part, let us know. And the more people letting us know that they want to take part, maybe we can do something pretty spectacular. What's that pug wall? Do you remember pug wall, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> I got a chance. I'm gonna take it. Do you remember? Yeah. That? The, they, he had a band called the Orange Organics. Yeah. Just came into my head when you said that. Well, maybe we should get the Orange Organics to play this. Maybe we can get bands, bands down to our live, our live show. I tell you what, I would endorse the hell out of the Orange Organics. Oh yes, they were tight. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, well, Matt, how, it's it's Friday evening. Um, what are you up to? Uh, what are you going to do? I'm gonna get myself some rest, and then tomorrow I'm going to be drinking space-related hoppy beers. In Surbiton. I'm going to entangle some photons. (laughs) Oh, now that is a pretty cool evening. Oh, you know. Yeah. No rest for the wicked. No. No. Well, guys, thank you for listening once again. And, um, well, we'll we'll just see you next week. uh, We will definitely see you next week. Well, actually, we will kind of hear you, but we won't. It's like being in a coma here in podcast land. Yeah. That's true, but don't worry, we'll we'll come out of it. <laughs> so, bye bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and yes. uh, see you next week. Bye bye. Goodbye. Bye, space punks. Bye.